Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 30, Common Misconceptions About the ACT and How to Avoid Them. My goal is to get practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Often I hear people telling students what they should do to raise their ACT scores. Sometimes it's valid, but far too many times it's just not accurate. In this episode, I'm going to clear up many of those misconceptions about the ACT. If you will listen to this episode and apply some of these ideas that I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to keep you out of a lot of trouble and things that you thought you should do that would help that actually don't. Now, before I get into what those misconceptions are, let me just say the last few episodes have been great. I've really enjoyed the interviews that I've done, and I've got more interviews coming. I think we can learn a lot from those interviews and interviewing experts uh, in different areas and different locations. But those episodes were pretty long, and my goal in general is to keep this, I want to try to keep these episodes pretty short. I want to give you very practical tips that you can apply and improve. And I know that you have to dedicate a lot of time to listen. So my goal is to keep these episodes around 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, but I want to keep them pretty short. And so this week, I'm going to try to get back to that with uh, this episode on misconceptions. And I, I, I believe it's going to end up being a two-part and it may end up being a three-part uh, podcast episode series, uh, just because, again, I'm trying to keep the episodes a little bit shorter. I also want to say it was great to be back on the road. I, I enjoyed, I, I gave a workshop this week at Western Oklahoma State College in Altus, Oklahoma. It was a fantastic group. We had 100 students there from a bunch of different schools. It was interesting that I had so many students that drove in from so far. We had students that drove three hours to get to the workshop. I was asking some of the students who came from so far. I'm like, man, why did you come so far? I'll be closer to you. And, you know, like one guy's like, well, mom was just insistent that I get to a class and she didn't want to take a chance with COVID that our class might get canceled. So we had to come to you. So if that's your situation, that's great. You can go to calendar.chadcargo.com and you can see all of my classes there. Now, if you're going to drive a far distance to get to my workshop, make sure you check that website, calendar.chadcargo.com, the night before you go, the morning you leave, because if anything happens where a school has to cancel because of COVID or whatever, we will post that change. You'll see it on there, postponed due to COVID or something like that. And my assistant Penny handles all that. She keeps that updated. And as counselors and workshop hosts are communicating with her, she's constantly updating that on the site. And that is how you know if the workshop is still a go. If anything was to happen to where we had to postpone, you would see it there. All right. So that's a great way uh, to keep track. And, you know, it's, it's also important that you're checking that regularly because even today, Penny was uh, making changes on there. We've got schools that are, uh, uh, some schools are opening up and having more freedom to do these. And then others are trying to do 
uh, different ways. So we have workshops now that are going to be entirely virtual. We have some that are going to be a mix. There'll be some students present, some virtual. And then we're having some like we did this weekend or earlier this week where everyone was present. And it was amazing to have everybody there hearing the laughs and having a great time. And uh, so anyway, hopefully you're going to be able to find a workshop close to you. And that's how you can do it. Calendar.chadcargo.com. And you'll see everywhere I'm going to be. All right. Well, let's get into some of these misconceptions now. And some of these I have kind of hinted at in earlier episodes or mentioned, but some of these are new. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of go through these and see if any of these fit uh, some misconceptions that you have. So, all right. So here we go. Let's start with the first one. Because math is a 60-question, 60 60-minute 60 test, you have one minute per question. This is a misconception. It is not true. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, wait a minute, come on now, you teach ACT math. 60 divided by 60 is one. So you have one minute per question. I get it. In absolute terms, yes, you have one minute per question, but you cannot take the ACT math test with the idea you have one minute per question. You will not finish. Question one is theoretically the easiest. Question 60 is theoretically the hardest. The questions get more difficult as you go. Now, it's not like a straight line of difficulty, but there's some fluctuation there. But in general, they do get more difficult as you go. If you approach the math section with the idea you have one minute per question, and after 20 questions you you have used 20 minutes, you're in big trouble. Because the last 20 questions are going to take you more than 20 minutes. Now, in the old days, there was a company who invented an ACT clock for you to use during the test. This clock is illegal now, thank God, because I cannot imagine if students were using this. But I have no doubt students did back then. And let me tell you how it worked. In the old days, you did, your watch did not have to stay on your wrist. You could actually set it on the desk. So you would set this clock beside you. You would select math when you got to the math section. And when the moderator said go, uh, or test administrator would say go, you would hit begin. A timer would be counting down from 60 as you worked, 60 seconds. And so as you worked, you could see how much of that one minute you had used on that question. As soon as you finish that question, you reach over, you hit the button. It stops the timer for that question and starts the timer for question two. Now, if you add seconds remaining, then those seconds immediately popped over into what was on the display as your bank. So you were banking seconds as you went. And... So test takers would actually be working and constantly reaching over and hitting a button on their clocks. Now, I I can't even imagine how distracting that was. Not only, well, it would be distracting for everyone around watching someone bang, bang, hitting that clock. I I just can't even imagine. But my goodness, it would be distracting for the test taker. I I mean, I have a lot of issues. I, I have a hard time concentrating. And I would just be looking like, Oh my gosh, my bank's over there. Oh, wow. And I'd be working trying to think how much I could build that bank up to. And I, oh my word, I have a hard enough time focusing. I can't imagine with that crazy clock over there beside me, I would be going nuts. So 
You do not have one minute per question. You need to work the early questions faster than one minute. The later questions probably will go much slower than one minute. And thank God, again, that clock is illegal. So that is the first misconception. And avoid that. Do not buy into that idea of the one minute per question. The next misconception, my score dropped, so I can't raise my score. Too many students buy the lie that because you have taken the ACT a few times and your score didn't go up, that you've maxed out, you've peaked out, you just can't raise your score. It's funny because I'll you know, meet people out and about, they'll know I'm the ACT guy, and I'll ask the student, I'll be like, so... Um, you know, when are you taking your next test? And the student will be like, oh, no, I'm done. I'm done taking it. I'll be like, why are you Why are you done taking it? You got a lot more opportunities. Well, I just can't raise my score anymore. Really? Well, why is that? And the student will say, yeah, the last three times I took the ACT, I didn't raise. And so, you know, I'm, I'm tired and, you know, I, I just can't raise my score anymore. And so one thing I do a lot of times is I'll just go, yeah, you're right. You can't raise it. No, you, you can't. Others can, but you can't. And so it always takes them off guard. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Others can, I can't. I'll go, well, you told me you're not taking the test anymore. Yeah, I can't raise my score. I'll be like, yeah, exactly right. You're not going to raise your score if you don't take the test again. Now, other people, they're still taking the test. They're going to raise their scores. You won't. That always really hits home because it's like, oh my gosh. But the bottom line is you can raise your score. You got to keep taking the test. Now, if you go back and listen to episode one, the first part of that episode, I tell my story. And I tell you that I took the ACT five times in a row my senior year and did not raise my score. But the sixth, seventh, and eighth time I took the ACT my senior year, my score went up three more points. That was a difference in a lot of money. So you can raise your score, but the only way you're going to raise it, you got to go take it. Take it all the time. Now, it appears ACT has lifted that limit. It appears that limit of 12 is no longer there this year. So I want you to take the test as many times as you can. And if you keep taking it, you keep playing the game, good things can happen. So definitely keep taking the test. Now the third one is one I hear all the time. And some people don't necessarily say this out loud. But it's this simple thought. I'm so stupid, they're so smart. Any test taker out there knows that you can't help but look around you during the test. You can't help it. There's, you're working and you're missing questions. You're getting overwhelmed and you glance up. And when you glance up, all you see are all these people working away pounding their calculators, turning their pages, and immediately you start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid, they're so smart. That is not true. You are not so stupid and they're so smart. Now let's take a look at what happens when you miss questions. I wanna talk about the score, the scoring scale and how many questions you have to miss to get certain scores. Okay, so I'm looking at an actual national ACT test that was given not long ago. I've got the scoring scale in front of me, and I'm going to talk through a few of the numbers here. Now, first of all, 
when you look at national averages and you look at what students are scoring on the ACT, the national average on an ACT, it, it varies by year, but it's somewhere around 22-ish. Um, it's somewhere in that range. And so let's just say that a student makes a 22 in each section. So I'm going to tell you how many questions she got right, how many she got wrong. In English, if you make a 22 in English, you got about 48 of the 75 questions correct. About 48 of the 75. So you're missing almost 30 questions. Almost 30 of the 75. Now think about that for a minute. You know, in, in high school, when you take a test, a lot of students are putting, you know, all this pressure like, oh my gosh, I got to make a 90 on the test to get an A. But think about this now. If you're getting 48 out of 75 correct, you just made a 64. That's a low D. But a low D is the national average, all right? If 22 is the average, I think in English it might be a national average, might be 23. But the composite average of 22, we're just assuming everybody makes 22s in all four sections. The point of this is you're going to miss a bunch of questions, still be the average. Now, math, math is nationally the lowest, is the, the national average is score in math is lower than the others. But we'll stick with our 22. If you made a 22 in math, you got 31 of the 60 correct on the test I'm looking at here. 31 of the 60. That's a 50. I mean, it's just above 50. That's, you, you just flunked. But no, that's the national average. It's okay to miss questions. You're going to miss a lot of questions. And, and what happens, you get into math, people start pounding those calculators. You're like, oh my gosh. And you think they're so smart. They're not. Reading. A 22 in reading on the test I'm looking at, you had to get 23 or 24 out of the 40 correct. So let's say you got uh, 24 out of 40 correct. Well, you still missed 16 of them. Think about that for a minute. You go, that means you only got correct 24, right? 24 out of the 40? You made a 60. Again, you barely avoided an F, and you're scoring the national average. Look, there's a lot of people who'd love to be the national average ACT score, and the point is you're missing a lot of questions. Now let's talk about science. So a 22 in science on the test I'm looking at, you had to get 24 or 25 of the 40 correct. So again, we'll just go with that 24 number, and it's 60%. I think it's clear. You're going to miss a lot of questions. It's no big deal. Those people around you, the next time you're taking an ACT going, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid, they're so smart, you need to laugh at yourself a little bit. They're missing questions too. They just look good, okay? When they turn those pages, they're probably turning them really fast because they're just anxious to go to sleep for a little while. They're pounding those calculators. They're probably just typing their name in their calculators, okay? Don't get stressed. It's not a big deal. Everybody misses questions. You don't have to make 90% to get an A. Everything's going to be okay. All right, let's do one more, and uh, we'll see if uh, that gets us to about time for this episode. The next one is your ACT score determines if you'll be successful in college. I hear this a lot. Um, you know, it's like, well, you got to have a good ACT score to be successful in college. It's not true. It's just simply not true. 
Now, I would love to tell you that your ACT score has no indication of your success in college. I can't do that. That much I'm not able to say to you. ACT scores are an indicator of success in college. Is it the only indicator? No. Is it one that colleges use as an indicator? Yes. I did a study many years ago with Oklahoma State University. I was, I was trying to do a study with them where I was working with the, the vice president over scholarships and admissions and all that. Um, and this is, again, many years ago, but we were trying to determine what factors are critical to success at Oklahoma State. And the first thing we had to do is we had to identify success. And the way we identified it was a student, a student's GPA after five semesters. So a lot of studies have been done that if a student could get through five semesters of college, so basically you finish the first semester of your junior year and you had, you were progressing towards your major and you had a decent GPA that you probably would finish. Now there was still some attrition, but they considered that normal attrition. There were no like huge outliers of large masses of students that were flying off, you know, the, the radar or whatever. Usually if you made it through five semesters uh, with a decent GPA, you were gonna finish. So we started looking at what were the factors that were relating to success uh, at Oklahoma State. We did a huge statistical model on this. There were some very intelligent people, way more intelligent than I am, who had gotten uh, degrees in neural networks. We had statistical process doctorates working on it. It was anyway. In our study, part of my goal was to help them look at other things besides ACT, because I knew ACT was such a huge part of the equation for them. And so we were really hoping to look at other areas. But did you know that in the end, when we did our neural networking, um, the reports and, and the explanations that came out, the ACT score was almost one-fourth of the calculation. And you would say, well, that's not very much. How about the other three quarters? It was a lot, a lot of items that were much smaller weights to make the rest of the 75%. There was not one factor that was even close to the big one of ACT scores. Now, there were certain things that we did not consider in the study, um, such as did the parents graduate from college? Um, that is a huge factor that we were not allowed to look at. Um, parental income was not uh, looked at. So there were, there were some other um, little factors like that. that were, I say little, those are big factors that were not considered. But ACT was a huge, it was the biggest by far. So when someone says your ACT score determines if you'll be successful in college, look, ACT is an indicator of that, but it certainly is not a conclusion of that. You should never say, well, I barely qualified to get into school. I'm just not very smart and I'm going to struggle in college. It's absolutely not true. My wife, Shelly, is brilliant. Now, listen, she would not consider herself brilliant, but I will tell you, ACT score wise, she may not be some elite AC. She would not qualify by ACT scores to get into Oklahoma State where she went to college it, today. Her ACT score wouldn't be high enough. But when she got to Oklahoma State, she graduated top 5% of her graduating class. 
the girl was brilliant. And I mean, she made straight A's in college and you know, I'm just telling you, you can do stuff like that. You can graduate really high. I don't know if it's straight A's, it's pretty close straight A's if it wasn't all straight. It was again, top 5% of her graduating class. I think they called it uh, summa cum laude or something like, I don't even know. They have all those crazy Greek names, but there's story after story of story just like that. Look, it might be a little harder. I don't know, but you can do it. And your success in college is going to depend more on your discipline as a person, your discipline in studying and going to class. Um, that's the kind of stuff that directly relates to success in college way more than an ACT score. And if you approach college with the attitude, listen, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to shower. I'm going to look nice. I'm going to sit at the front. I'm going to ask my teacher questions. I'm going to go to the study halls. I'm going to go visit with the TAs. I'm going to go do the labs. I'm going to get my work done. If you view it as a job, you can succeed in college. Now, listen, that doesn't mean everything's going to come easy. My daughter today, my daughter, Casey, she's, she's uh, today, she's talking to her advisor about dropping a class. That class is really hard for her. Now, she's been killing it in college, man. I'm so proud of her. She's doing so great. She didn't have the highest ACT scores, but she's working her tail off. And because of that, she's going to be successful. Now, are there things that are really hard? Yes, that's okay. College is hard. If it was easy, everybody go to college. Okay, everybody go get degrees. It's not easy. People ask me about my engineering degree all the time. And I'm like, yes, it was hard, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you some horror story. You can do it. You can survive one day at a time. You'll get there and you get through it. And you get that piece of paper. Great things happen. And, and, and I know you'll take stupid stuff that you go, why are we having to do that? I don't know. Get through it. Get it done. Get the piece of paper. Get the grades. Go get your job and live your life. All right. And that sometimes you just have to take that approach a little bit on certain classes. Like, okay, we just, it's just what we have to do. And we just do it and, and move on. But your ACT score it is important, obviously, for scholarships and qualifying and all that, but it does not determine if you'll be successful in college. You determine if you'll be successful in college. You've got to make that decision. You've got to be like, I'm on a mission, man. I'm going to my job, and I'm going to kill it. If you have that attitude, you can be successful in college. There's no question. I know you can do it. All right, well, we're going to stop there. Um, the episode's uh, already uh, cruising on down the minutes, but we're going to start next week with more misconceptions, and I'll put this into a series, and I hope that some of these will apply directly to you, and you'll be like, yeah, uh, I get it, because this is exactly what I'm going through, and hopefully you'll be able to improve your scores as a result. Okay, so again, as I said at the beginning of the episode, calendar.chadcargo.com is where you can go to see all my classes. And I've got a bunch coming up. Now, some of these classes are going to be closed to outside students. COVID's going to change everything on some of these. But some of these are going to be open, and you definitely will be able to go to them. Coming up, I'm going to be in Allen, Oklahoma on Wednesday, September the 9th. Uh, Christian Heritage, that one's closed. Um, that'll be uh, a big group at CHA. Uh, so that one's closed to outside students, but that's September 10th. September the 11th, I'm in Ozark, Arkansas at Arkansas Tech University. I love going there. It's a great school. Uh, September 14th, I'll be at Ada High School. September 15th, I'll be at Northwest Technology Center in Fairview. And then 
September 17th, 21st, and 22nd, I will be doing workshops for the Choctaw Nation. And I'll be in Batiste, Oklahoma, Rattan, Oklahoma, uh, and then Wright City, Oklahoma. So that is way down far southeast Oklahoma. And uh, it's, man, it's a great area. It's a huge logging industry down there. It's beautiful. Uh, September the 23rd, I'll be at Carl Albert High School in Midwest City, Oklahoma, and then Hebner High School on September 24th. Cameron University in Lawton, Oklahoma, September 25th. And then September 29th, Tulsa Union High School. That's the one uh, that we talked about uh, in our previous episode. And that one's an evening workshop at 4.30 p.m. That'd be a great one to go to. More High School in Moore, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, September 30th. And then October 1st, I'll be in Anson High School in Anson, Texas, way down in the cotton fields by Abilene. Love going to Anson. Great people down there. And I'm anxious to see how the cotton crops uh, are coming along, if they got enough rain. And that's always an interesting discussion uh, when I go down there. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. I really appreciate you listening to the episode. Feel free to comment on the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page. You can always reach me on chat at chadcargo.com, my website, chadcargo.com. You can order your prep book there. I'm also working on the classes, the online classes for the academy, academy.chadcargo.com. And hopefully I'll have some of those coming out over the next month or so. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. I'll be back again next week with more misconceptions about the ACT. Have a great week and go kill it.